My name's Ella and I'll be doing the Bible reading tonight. Um, but first I'll share what I love about my mum. My mum uh, not only loves and supports me, but loves and supports everybody in her life and has raised me to know and love Jesus. And I'm so grateful for that um, and encourages me in my faith every day. So the first Bible reading is from Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27, in page 972 of the Church Bibles. All right. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down, the stream rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell down with a great crash. Our second reading is from Galatians 2, verse 20 to 21 which is on page 1,168 of the Church Bibles. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Good to go? No? Yeah, there we go. Hello, Night Church. It is so nice to be back with you guys. I have really missed you the last six months. Um, And don't tell my kids, but the highlight of my Mother's Day is actually being here. (laughs) Um, But in all seriousness, it is such a joy to be with you guys tonight and being able to share in the Word of God. I'm going to buck the trend a little bit and um, not share about my mum. I'm actually going to share with you guys a photo um, of me on my first Mother's Day. Very cute. Um, This was me with our son Reuben. You can't see it there, but this was not at all where I wanted to be. I was 23 and had been married less than 18 months, and I was a mum. When planning what my 20s were going to look like, it didn't include having a baby. If I could have presented to God my neat list of expectations for my 20s, it would have looked something like this. Nathan and I had gotten married young and happily. We were working hard. We'd both just finished uni. We had two healthy private school teacher incomes. We were expecting to buy in Sydney sometime soon. Back like 15 years ago, you guys could have still done that. Um, I was excited about all the travel we were planning and we were dreaming about living and working overseas for a while. We planned to spend our generous school holidays um, leading on Christian camps and I was getting myself, my career, as secured, established and sorted. I planned to enjoy life without a lot of responsibility, eat brunches and sleep in on Sundays. 
We wanted to go to Bible college. We were both passionate about ministry and maybe even overseas mission, and I wanted to study more. Then, in my late 20s, early 30s, once I was established, hopefully, would come motherhood. Well, that wasn't at all what God had planned, and motherhood came to me far earlier than I had ever dreamed. Nathan and I found ourselves parents of a beautiful and precious little human, not even 18 months after being married. I absolutely wanted to be a mother, with all that I was, but in my own timing, and certainly not until I'd had the chance to establish myself. From the moment we got the unexpected news, Slowly but surely, my plans and expectations just began crumbling around me. Over the course of that first month, I remember coming to terms with the news and almost one by one, I remember crossing off all those things I'd been imagining we would do. All those things that I was expecting to become. Little did I realise at the time, but as my expectations crumbled around me, so too did my sense of self, the identity and security that I had been looking to establish in my life. Now, for some of the mums here, your arrival at the gates of motherhood may not have been quite as dramatic as this, but given that we all live on the same planet, I can only assume that if you haven't already, you'll walk down the path of the unexpected, of disappointment or loss at some time in the future. My entry into motherhood was coloured by changed plans and unmet expectations, and that's just life, whether you're talking about motherhood or anything else. My experience might seem like a bit of a jarring one, to share on Mother's Day of all days, the day we celebrate mothers being a mother. And this is a celebration of mothers, what they've done, who they are, the sacrifices they've made. It is a day for mums to be thankful for where God has put us. And it is a day for children to appreciate the people God has put in their lives to love them and sacrifice for them. But the reality is that it's also a hard day for lots of people, as we're well aware. Those who are reminded of the mum they've lost or who wish they could have been a mum, but it hasn't happened. So it's a complex day, but that's okay. I find some of this quite tough to talk about, to share, because I really love my kids so, so much. And I am thankful every day now for the path our good God put us on. But to ignore the reality of the past is to ignore the incredible good God does to bring us to joy and hope. I'm sure for the few mothers here tonight, you will agree motherhood can be rough sometimes. It's also beautiful, fulfilling, important, exciting and valuable work. And it is work. But at times, it's utterly exhausting, relentless, messy and thankless. And it's also completely revealing. You can see me smiling here. 
And I'm sure I was happy in the moment, but what this photo hides is the feelings of inadequacy and doubt that were sitting just below the surface. I remember sitting in my mother's group in Newtown, listening to all these women, some who were more than 20 years older than me, thinking, I am a fraud. Any moment someone is going to realise that I am not supposed to be here. All these women had planned for being in a group like this. They'd had a chance to establish their lives first, to work out who they were and what they were shooting for, and they were on the path. I, on the other hand, was in the midst of a scramble, both mentally and physically, a scramble to work out who I was now, work out what I was meant to be doing now, trying to be the mum that I expected myself to be, do all the things that I thought I should be doing. Live the life of the confident and established woman who knew who she was and where she was heading and where those kids were heading. Have you ever been in a space like this where you're questioning yourself in life? It felt like I was stuck in a rip out in the ocean. You know that feeling and you're desperately trying to feel the sand beneath your feet, but it never comes. For me, those first couple of years as a mum felt like being carried out to sea. I remember being plagued by questions I wasn't sure how to answer and self-doubts I just could not dismiss. My feet never felt like they touched the ground. Well, I think the two scriptures that we've had read tonight really speak into this space. They're a bit like that sandbank you plant your feet on when you're in the midst of the rip. Now, I would love to say that these were the scriptures at the front of my mind in the months after my sweet little baby was born, but they weren't. It would have been a lot easier if they had been. And our passage from Matthew tonight speaks right into the heart of not only where I've come from as a mother, but the experience of all of us in all of life every day. By verse 24 in Matthew 7, Jesus is at the end of a long sermon, and it's known as the Sermon on the Mount. You've probably read it or heard bits of it, and it's arguably the greatest, most significant sermon he gave in his whole ministry, and it lays out some of that famous challenging stuff like turn the other cheek and love your enemies, big stuff. And Jesus ends with the call to listen to his teaching and act. He does this by telling a famous parable, a story about two builders, one who builds his house on sand and the other on rock. After the storm has swept through, only one house remains standing. It's a story that asks us to examine a question that goes down to the very foundations of our lives. What have we built it on? See, the funny thing for me was that I spent a couple of years trying to recover from all the change plans, trying to find my footing, set a new course for who I was going to be now, and it became motherhood, being a great mum who could manage it all. The only problem, of course 
was that just like my original plans for establishing myself, my foundation as an amazing mother hasn't enabled me to weather the storms of life, not even close. We'd seemed to fall pregnant a little too easily, and I foolishly assumed it'd be like that for the others. Of course, it wasn't. Our babies took years, not months, to arrive, and we lost little ones along the way. Strangely, God decided to give us both ends of the spectrum, a pregnancy when we weren't looking for it, then infertility when we were. And once again, I was back in that rip, just drifting out to sea, wondering who I was, what made me me, and enduring the pain of yet again more plans and dreams crumbling around me. I know that's a story that's tragically all too common in our community here, but what I've come to learn through those difficult years, and I'm still coming to learn to this day, is that motherhood was not the answer to my identity crisis. Neither my start in the perfect job for a grad teacher, nor my efforts to be the best mum I could be instead, neither could offer the rock-solid, immovable foundation upon which to establish my life, my sense of self, my identity. Both were just like the sand. And you see, that's the thing about sand. It's a terrible foundation. It shifts, it's unstable, and it can't bear the weight. If you got the chance to go down to Queenscliff in the last month since the storms, you'll know what I mean. It literally did not take much for that entire beach to be washed away. It crumbled and took everything with it. If you'd gone and built a house on that beach, or anything on that beach, it would be floating out to sea by now. Notice what's left. Just the rocks. The rocks that were buried deep below the sand. You see, no one sets out to build in a bad spot. You only start building because you think the foundation will hold. And there's plenty of foundations that look great. They look firm enough to us. What is it for you? There's health and wellness, or a flexible, great career? Is it traveling the world? Purchasing a home? Maybe it's calm, attached, intentional parenting. The dedication to and involvement with our kids. Or is it a simple, carefree, minimalistic life? Is it the success of our families? These are all great, and they look firm enough places to build our lives for us to establish ourselves upon. As people, we spend our lives establishing and usually re-establishing if you're a mum, you'll know particularly you jump from establishing a career to then establishing as a mother, then establishing our kids, our teens, and even our adult children. And usually, in there, we're trying to re-establish work out of the home and a sense of who we are apart from our kids. And then most of us re-establish ourselves as mums with independent adult children and often caring for elderly parents. It's a lot. 
And realistically, male or female, 20s, 40s, 60s, parents or not, this is how we all are, isn't it? Whatever our status is, our circumstances and our patterns of life will change. You see, I was working so hard to re-establish my life, re-establish myself as who I thought I should be given where my life was at. And don't we all do this? We all too often build identities around the ebb and flow of our changing circumstances. Many of these identities are made up of joyful, desired experiences. But they're fluid. They change. They're broken. They don't endure. They, and if, if we're honest, they can ultimately disappoint. All other identities ultimately unsettle our hearts rather than establish them. It might look firm enough, and yet what is Jesus saying to us right there in verse 27? He's saying that all of it, all of it, it's like that sand down at Queenscliff Beach, that sand that is definitely halfway to New Zealand by now. Jesus spells out how it will end if we build our lives on anything other than him and his teaching. Nothing else will hold the weight. He is the only immovable, unshakable foundation on which we can rest. Here's the thing, though. Our problem is actually more foundational, more fundamental than us establishing our lives and our sense of self on the wrong things. Our problem is that we are trying in the first place. That's what I love about those words from Paul in Galatians 2. It's there for us clear as day. We don't have to join the world scramble to establish ourselves when actually it's God who's gone and established us already. He's established us in him through Jesus. Let me read that verse again. Verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's such a beautiful verse. And it's only one little verse and it's chock full of what he has done for us. And so who we are now in him. Take a look at how much is in there. You could spend days on this verse alone. It's so full, but we're going to let it wash over us. We have been crucified with Christ. So we have new life. This life is actually Christ who now lives in me. Let that one blow your mind. It's happened not because I deserved it or earned it, but simply because Christ loved me. And I know this because he was willing to give up his life for me. Notice there's nothing in there about my performance or my successes or my failures, nothing in there about reaching goals, winning praise or keeping up. 
all the things we look to and use as a way of establishing ourselves in the world. And then God goes and does something like this. He establishes us. If you are in Christ, God has already established you. Already. He's done it for you already. Let that sink in. See, there was nothing wrong with who I imagined I was going to be. Nothing really selfish or sinful about all those plans I had for that first decade of our marriage. But God was revealing to me over and over that he had already established me in all that enormous effort and struggle to establish and establish anew. I kept forgetting what was already underneath me. How foolish we are when we spend so much of our time, so much of our emotional energy trying to find something we've already had all along. We often speak about the intense love a mother has for her child. And while a good chunk of you will never have experienced this, you'll understand later that they would give everything, even their lives for them. A friend of mine recently witnessed me use my clean dress as a tissue for my very snotty three-year-old. And we started chatting about some of the wild and gross things mums will do for their kids and how the further and further you get into motherhood, the more you realise there is disgustingly almost nothing you haven't done or wouldn't do for your kids. She summed it up with, motherhood is a mysterious and powerful thing. And it totally is. But it got me thinking this week. Even that intense, crazy kind of love at the heart of being a mother, it does not even come close to the kind of love God has for all of us. The kind of love that drove him to unthinkable lengths in order to bring us back to him in order to adopt us into his family as his very own children. And perhaps the most profound part of all of this is that because it's God's work, not ours, because he's done the work in establishing us, it's like bedrock. It's immovable. It's fixed. We can't lose it. It can't be taken from us, and it won't get washed away no matter how stormy life gets. Knowing that, letting that truth soak all the way through, it's tremendously freeing. I think it leads to two kinds of freedom, and this is where we'll finish. Firstly, it gives us the freedom to be at peace. See, life on the rock doesn't call us to be perfect or live up to the expectations of others or maybe our own sky-high expectations being established on the rock of Christ lets us grip life's expectations just a little more loosely. It offers an antidote to the anxieties that haunt us about not doing enough, not achieving enough, not working hard enough, not moving forward enough and not contributing enough. Galatians 2 reminds us that all these struggles and attempts to establish who we are 
have been crucified with Christ. We've been released from it. That is old life stuff. We are new in Christ, attached to him. We've got a new foundation and there is no safer, no surer place we could possibly be. On this rock, we have the freedom to finally be at peace. But what if you're not feeling at peace? Maybe you need to take a moment to look down. One of the things I love about living in Manly is the chance to get out and walk. I love escaping my house and getting outside, taking in everything, the sunsets, the dogs, the people, the clear skies. I love walking in the dark. I love walking in the foggy, cold, drizzly weather. I love Manly. I can't get enough of it. It's all beautiful. There's so much to take in and to see. What I don't ever stop and look at is this. Because why would you when all that is around you? But without this, there is no walk. It's what makes everything possible. In life, we can spend so much of our time looking around, our attention captured by everything, and particularly what we don't have or what we want to be or become. We need to stop and appreciate what we are standing on, the solid ground, Jesus, under our feet. Maybe the path to peace is found in looking down more. Jesus' parable about the two builders calls to our attention what's below, to notice our foundations. I need to do that every day before I walk out the door of a morning and remember what's under me. It's the only place true peace can be found. Secondly, life on the rock also gives us the freedom to plan. The fact that we are already established in Christ before our plans and lives really even begin actually gives us incredible freedom and confidence to dream and plan, to make bold, risky decisions, to live by faith, to sacrifice good for others and to honour God with our whole beings. It opens life up instead of closing it down. It doesn't fix us to a single cookie-cutter experience of motherhood or work or life or friendship or marriage precisely because we now know we've been firmly established, that we're standing on solid, unshakable ground. We can make plans to embrace this life that's now lived freely in Christ. And completely beautifully, it also means that when the storms do rage around us, and they will, in those times when our plans do falter, when we lose that carefully crafted control, when I am less than the mother I hoped to be, the rock we stand on never, ever moves. That gives us the power, the firm footing to take hold of what we've tried to establish and to give it over to our good and loving God. If I could go back to this mum 12 years ago, 
I would say to her, don't fear. You are already established. Be at peace in that. The scramble and the search to carve out a new identity for yourself has happened. God's done it on your behalf already. Look down and see the rock on which you're standing. I wonder what of these truths might you need to be reminded of today. Let me pray. Lord God, we pray you would let these incredible truths of who we are and who we are in you sink deep into our souls tonight. Wherever we are at in life, remind us of who we are in you. Help us to look down and to know that you have established us already on something that never shifts. May this shape who we are, Lord, and how we live every day. Amen.